Dads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Oh, why didst thou not leave me to die with Sigmund? He comes! Wotan, the wrathful father! Oh, father, disown me not. I have spoken once. My words abide forever. Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hesse, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. And a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, and especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. And now a special shout out to Tony Valdez for his great comic strip based on the story, How Sun, Moon, and Wind Went Out to Dinner. Great job, Tony. And if you are a new listener, we have lots of good stories from the past to listen to. Now today is part two of the Brunhilde and Siegfried stories. This story is called Brunhilde's Sleep. But before we get to the story... Lost and found words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. I got some good ones today. Our first word today is alight, an A, alight. This means to descend from a train, bus, or any form of transport, such as a horse in our story today. You could also say, get off, step off, or get down. Our second word today is tribute with a T. Tribute is an act, statement, or gift that is intended to show gratitude, respect, or admiration. The Valkyries bring tribute or a gift to Wotan in the form of fallen warriors who will become part of his bodyguard. Our next word today is tarry with a T, tarry. This means to stay longer than intended or to delay leaving a place. You could also say wait, lag, or dawdle. Our next word is boon with a B, boon. This is something that is helpful or beneficial, a blessing, a godsend, or bonus. Brunhilde pleads for a parting boon or blessing from Wotan. And our last word today is poltroon with a P, poltroon. This is an utter coward. Brunhilde begs Wotan to not be left to the fate of a worthless poltroon or coward to wake her from her sleep. So she asks to be protected by a ring of fire that will scare off cowards. That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show. Last time on the Junior Classics, Siglinda, the wife of Hunding the Tyrant, ran away with Sigmund the Volsung, whom she loved. Hunding, feeling scorned and angry, 
and wanting revenge against Sigmund, went to Fricka, the queen of Valhalla, for help. Fricka persuaded Wotan to order his favorite daughter Brunhilde, a warrior maiden called a Valkyrie, to cause Sigmund to fall in battle against Hunding. However, Brunhilde chooses to disobey her father's command and decides to help Sigmund defeat Hunding. But during the battle, Wotan appears and destroys Sigmund's magic sword. Hunding slays Sigmund when his sword is broken, and Wotan destroys Hunding for being a coward. After the battle, Brunhilde escapes with Sieglinde, and Wotan is furious with Brunhilde for her disobedience and chases after her. summit of a lofty mountain, the Valkyrie sisters met after the day's toil to await their father Wotan and present him with the heroes they had gathered from the battlefields on Earth. One by one, they alighted from their winged steeds, shouting the Valkyrie's war cry greeting to each other. From the north came Helmwaga and Gerhilda, well laden. The fierce Norsemen never failed to supply fresh recruits for Wotan's bodyguard. From east and west, in every quarter, came some tribute to Wotan, born on the Valkyrie's saddle bows. Where tarries our sister Brunhilde? asked several eagerly. She is late tonight. Ah, see? In the distance. Who is that speeding hither like a cloud driven before the storm? Surely not so rides our queenly Brunhilde. With the fainting Siglinda in her arms, it was indeed Brunhilde who came in sight at last, flying on the wings of the wind. Faster! Oh, faster, Granny! Besteed! She cried to the panting horse. And Granny, his strong head downward bent, with his winged feet cleft at the rolling clouds till they hissed like water meeting fire while his breath came in great snorting gasps, and the foam flew from his mouth in big flakes like snow. Never before in his long service with his noble mistress had Granny been urged to flight, and he knew that dire indeed must be the danger which Brunhilde dare not stand and face. Well-striven good Granny, faithful steed, cried Brunhilde as the horse alighted on the mountain and dropped exhausted to the ground. Lifting Siglinda, now fully conscious from the saddle, Brunhilde hastened toward her sisters. She brings no hero? It is naught but a maiden! They exclaimed in wonder and disappointment. Help me, O sisters! Shield me and this poor woman! I beseech you! Implored Brunhilde breathlessly. Why this furious haste? From whom fliest thou? asked the Valkyries, crowding round her in amazement. I fly from our father. In terrible wrath he hunts me down. Thou fliest from our father? What hast thou done that thou shouldest fly from him? Brunhilde poured out her tale in eager haste. From one to another she looked for pity or sympathy, 
but in vain. Sternly, the Valkyries eyed her as she knelt and implored them to shelter her and the unfortunate Siglinda from the wrath of Wotan. Woe to thee, most unworthy sister! How durst thou disobey the sacred command of Wotan our father? Naught but disaster can follow! And now, from the north, raging storm clouds came sweeping toward them. One of the Valkyries mounted to the topmost peak, and looking across the sky, called out, He comes! Wotan, the wrathful father! flying furiously in the storm clouds on his snorting steed. Who will lend me a horse? Granny is spent. See, he cannot even stand. Rose Visa, my sister, lend me thy racer. Brunhilda implored, turning to a stately Valkyrie whose magnificent steed was at her side. My racer never yet fled our father in fear. And never shall, replied Rosvisa coldly. To each one Brunhilda went, beseeching a horse. We stand by our father, the Valkyries all answered her. Brunhilda was in despair. Then Siglinda, who had watched the scene in gloomy silence, came forward and spoke. Sorrow not for me, noble maiden. Oh, why didst thou not leave me to die with Sigmund? If thou hast indeed pity on me, stretch forth thy sword and pierce me now to the heart. Nay, that must not be. Thou must live still, Sieglinde. For thou shalt have a son who will one day be the greatest hero in the world. Heed now what I say. To the eastward there lies a mighty forest. There Woden will not pursue thee, for he abhors the spot. It is the dwelling of Fahnir, the dragon, his mortal foe. Thither haste thee. I will remain here to face the god's wrath and hinder him till thou hast escaped far on thy journey. Fly then, Sieglinde. Speed to the east. Faint not and fear not, whatever betide. Live for thy son, and call him by this name for me, Siegfried the victor. Give him thy shattered pieces of his father's sword. From the field of death I took them. One day he shall weld them into a mighty weapon. Farewell, Sieglinde. It was none too soon. Another minute... And with a crash, the angry god descended in the midst of the dismayed Valkyries. Where's Brunhilda, the rebel? Let her come forth. Dare any to shelter her. They shall share the same doom. The Valkyrie sisters had closed round Brunhilda in the vain hope of hiding her. But at these words, she came out from their midst, her face pale and set. Here am I my father, to suffer my sentence. Wotan was not prepared for such calm fearlessness. I sentence thee not, tis thine own misdeed condemns thee. I made thee a Valkyrie, highest in honor and favor. Thou hast forsworn thy noble calling and played traitor to thy father. 
No longer mayest thou dwell in Valhalla as my child. Nevermore will I send thee for my dead heroes. Never again shall thou fill my cup at the feast. Degraded and exiled art thou forever. Brunhilda stood as though turned to stone. The Valkyries burst into loud lamentations. Woe! Woe! Alas, our unhappy sister! Then Brunhilda cried aloud in great agony of mind. Oh, Father, disown me not. Take not from me all thy gifts. Leave me not to utter desolation. But Wotan was not to be appeased, and the worst part of the sentence was yet to come. Thou thyself hast called down my curse, and here, where we now stand, it shall strike thee. A deep, dreamless sleep shall overpower thee, and to that man who first awakens thee shalt thou belong from henceforth. This grim sentence, all the Valkyries lifted their voices in a wail of horror and dismay, crying, Oh, terrible father, recall the curse. Let not our sister be degraded to such a shameful fate. Each one of us shares in her disgrace. Brunhilda's woe was too great for any cry. I have spoken once. My words abide for." That treacherous sister no longer belongs to the glorious troop of Valkyries. Her godhood is forfeit. The doom she has earned is now to wed a mortal man. At this picture of her future, poor Brunhilde sank with a deep groan to the earth. Wotan turned to the eight sisters, who looked on in deep distress. If ye desire not a like doom, forbear to pity the outcast. Away now, be gone, every one of ye. Haste, lest I hurl the same woe on your heads. The earth quaked and trembled as Wotan passionately stamped his foot, and fiery gleams shot from his eyes. With a last despairing look at Brunhilde and a wild cry of woe, the Valkyries sprang on their horses and fled in hot haste. They knew if their stern father spared not his favorite Brunhilde, still less would he spare them. The storm had now ceased. Brunhilde lay prostrate on the ground. Wotan stood motionless in silent gloom. His rage seemed spent like that of the storm. Then Brunhilde rose slowly from the ground and spoke in deep, sorrowful tones. Was my deed verily so shameful that such shame should fall upon me? Was it so base an act to fulfill thy first command? Speak, O oh, my father, and soften thy wrath toward me. Thou didst willfully disobey my sacred order. The first command I recalled. But not of thine own will. Twas Fricka who made thee false to thy nobler self 
and because I held in my heart thy true wish, I dared to slight thy second order. The mention of Fricka brought an angry flash from the eyes of Wotan. For that rebellious act, the curse now falls on thee. But I knew how well thou lovest Sigmund. And and when I found him in the forest and told him of thy death decree, he revealed to me a wondrous thing I never before had known. For in his strong courage and his undying devotion to Siglinda, I learned what love could be. And I resolved, whether victory or death came of it, to serve one so noble in acting thus. O oh, Father, I was faithful to thee, even though disobeying thereby thy command. Thou knowest not what compelled my action. Dark clouds are gathering on every side. The day of doom threatens Valhalla. I dared not follow what my heart desired. But all this woe I kept from thee, that thy life might be happy and free from care. And now, my favorite, my beloved child, has turned thy hand against me and proved false to my trust. Never again may I behold thy face. Since love proved thy undoing, follow now that man thou perforced must love. If indeed I am banished forever, at least grant me one parting boon, O stern father. If I must wed a mortal man, let not thy Valkyrie fall a victim to some worthless poltroon when fetters of sleep bind her fast. In this one thing, O father, hear my prayer. At thy command, let magical fire spring up in a glowing wall around my couch, that the flames may scare and scorch the timid, and none save a hero, stout of heart, may dare to approach me. Wotan, stern and unbending though he was, could not refuse this one last petition. Farewell. Thou who were at once the light of my eyes, I grant thee this last parting boon. Tongues of flame will I set round this place. With their terrible fury shall they scare the faint-hearted. Only one shall awaken the bride, he whose strength and freedom is greater than that of Woden. With a cry of grateful joy, Brunhilda threw herself into her father's arms. Tenderly he looked at her, and slowly kissed her on both eyes. A profound slumber instantly fell on Brunhilde, and Wotan, taking her in his arms, laid her on a mossy mound overshadowed by a great fir tree. Farewell forever, my beloved beautiful child, he murmured sadly, as he closed her helmet visor and covered her with the long steel shield of the Valkyries. Then going to a rock nearby, he struck it three times with the point of his spear, commanding in a loud voice, Loki, fire spirit, come forth. 
spread me thy flames around this fell. Here keep thou guard as I decree. Loki, appear. And at his word, out sprang from the rock a long tongue of flame, which quickly spread to a mighty river of fire, circling round and round the mountain where Brunhilde lay sleeping. Then Wotan, holding aloft his spear, cried in ringing tones, Only he whose spirit quaileth not before the spear of Wotan shall pass this fiery bar. With these words he vanished into the clouds, and the night fell. Such was the story of Brunhilde's long sleep. So Wotan, king of Valhalla and master of the Valkyries, caught up with his beloved daughter Brunhilde. For her rebellion against his commands, Wotan punished Brunhilde by banishing her from the ranks of the Valkyrie to become a mere mortal that must marry the mortal man who would find her and awaken her with a kiss. Wotan put Brunhilde in a deep sleep on top of the mountain. Yet he did show her some mercy, for he loved her greatly. By providing a ring of fire of protection that would scare off cowardly and weak men. One day, if a man appeared whose strength and freedom was greater than that of Wotan himself, he could awaken Brunhilde and marry her. Next time, on the Junior Classics, we shall see what becomes of Sieglinda and her unborn child as they are on the run pursuing sanctuary. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics. <laughs> and now we continue the music drama by Richard Wagner titled the Ring of the Nibelung, based on the characters from Germanic heroic legends. This is the second of four epic dramas titled Das Valkyrie, The Valkyrie.